Amen. God bless you. Amen. I mean, we we are the witnesses. Amen. Amen. All the time is doing great and good things to us. Amen. And then just before we read the word, let's bow heads, my friend, brother Ezekiel. Just step forth, my brother, and say a word of prayer for the reading of the word. Amen. Yes, Lord. We, are we are so thankful once again that we are privileged to be the witnesses yes. of knowing you, God, that you are the one who does only good things. Yes, Lord. We can see it in our lives. We can see it in uh, the services. How you feed our souls with yes, light food in two season, mm-hmm. giving us that old time religion yes, that is able to break. The, uh, the yoke of the seeds. Yes, Lord. Now we are here to hear once again from you, God. Mm. We know I'm standing next to a mortal being. Yes. Who cannot do anything without you, Lord. Yes, Lord. So he, he is expecting you, Lord. Yes, Lord. To come and fill him with the right way to Let give it be your children. Yes, you know each and everyone's desire. Yes, Lord. How much their cups are empty. Yes, But Lord. you are here, Lord, to come and fill Yes, Lord. We invite you, Lord, that you can come and grant the desires of your children. Yes, Lord. Let it be them at their Amen. point of need, oh God. Amen. That when we are done and finished with this service, mm. we'll go home happy, saying, Our God, Amen. that whom we were speaking with in the morning, yes, Lord. He come and speak with us with the words which we expected. Yes, Lord. Even correcting us admonishing us. Yes, Lord. Because that is what will make us perfect, God. Mm. We are asking for your spirit to humble us so that we can take yes, correction Lord. from the spirit. Let it be Father. We ask it, Father, in the name of Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Bless you, my brother. Amen. Let us turn our, into our Bibles. Without a waste of time, we greet you all in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And it's a great morning. Uh, we are like David this morning when he said, "Let us." I was happy when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Um, in the absence of our dear pastor, uh, this morning, uh, while Brother Watt was saying, let us remember him in prayer. Um, he's in Nelspreit, that he may travel safely back home. Amen. Amen. And then... Um, I think you brother what spoke about the communion. We've got um, a communion service next week on Sunday. I will be having our normal service in the morning and then we will have um, our communion service around that will start around five o'clock or four o'clock, uh, depending the pastor will lead us on that. But we've got two services next week and then the other service will be our communion service. Amen. So our um, visitors, you are invited and then come and observe how we uh, take the Lord's Supper. Amen. 
And without waste of time, let us turn to our Bibles in the book of Hebrews chapter 11. I just want to read a few verses for my text this morning. Amen. Hebrews chapter 11. Just let's read four verses and then it will be just for our subject so that we can, can just have to wait this morning. Hebrews chapter 11. If you've got it, my brother, it will start from verse 23rd. Hebrews chapter 11. I just want to read from verse 23rd. The Bible says, By faith Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of of his parents because they saw he was a proper child. And they were not afraid of the king's commandment. And verse 24, the Bible says, By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. And verse 25, Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. And verse 26, the Bible says, Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. And verse 27, by faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. He may be seated. God bless reading of his word. Let us just take a few minutes here and, and just um, try and encourage the bride of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. <clears throat> now, as we have read here, the Bible says, for this man called Moses, that was the prophet of God, he forsook Egypt. And he chose to suffer the affliction with the people of God. Amen? So he made a decision and he made a choice that he rather suffer great afflictions with the people of God. Amen? Now, and the subject this morning will be the consequences of a decision. So we know that it's in every moment of our life we are faced with making a decision. We have decided to come to church this morning. We have decided to address in a particular way. We have decided to have maybe our breakfast or decide that I will have Um, lunch when I come back, but everything is based on our decision. But I think the only thing that I want you to call your attention upon is that after you make a particular decision, there has to be a consequences of that decision that you made. In other words, there has to be the results that you'll get after you made a decision. So sometimes we make decisions, but we don't really consider the consequences of what we are doing. And in the message, 
the choosing of a bride, and I want to read paragraph 31, Brother Brenham says, in many things of life, we are given a choice. In anything that we do in life, we've got a choice to make. The way of life itself is a choice. We have a right to make our own way, choose our own way that we want to live. Paragraph 32 says, education is a choice. We can choose whether we are going to be educated or whether we are not going to be educated. That's a choice that we make. Right and wrong is a choice. Every man, every woman, every boy and every girl has has to choose whether they are going to try to live right or not to live right. It is a choice. And choice is a great thing. So we need to look at that one. A choice is a great thing. That we have to make choices in our own life. So whatever that we do, we have to make a choice. But we need to live with the consequences of our choices. Now, sometimes for you to be angry, you make a choice. And to be happy, it is still your own choice. Hello? So for you to be angry is your own personal choice. Nobody will ever make you angry. All right? No other person will make you angry and no other person will make you happy. It's your own choice and you decide. It's a decision that you take that I'm going to be happy. Your wife will never make you angry and your husband will never make you angry. Your daddy will not make you angry, but it's your own decision to be angry. I was told by a particular man and he says, man, if I come maybe with a glass of water here, Brother Masfuma, and just pour a full, a full glass of water on you, will you be angry? If you become angry, it's not me who made you angry. I made you wet. And you chose to be angry. So people don't make you angry, actually. So after making you wet with water, you had a choice to say, oh, let me just ignore Brother Mpanyan. Or you've got a choice to be angry. So actually, that's what I'm trying to explain, that people will not make you angry. It's your own choice to be angry. Have you seen people driving along the road and then they will be angry when somebody does something? But it's still your own choice to be angry. It depends how you react. And God has given you that to make a choice. It might be in a split moment that you have to decide that am I going to be angry or am I just going to be what I am? And if you allow people to make you angry, then you'll be angry for the rest of your life. But if you choose to make yourself happy, then you'll always be happy. But it's your own choice. And it's a decision that you make. And the messenger of the hour says, if you make a decision to be angry all the time, and then you'll be sick. That will be the consequences of what? Of your own choice. And happiness, it, it may, you are always happy, you are always joyful, and it's your own decision. 
So a choice is a great thing. But the choice that you make, it comes with some consequences. Have you seen an angry man? There are consequences, and those consequences, it will be your own consequences. It's not going to be my consequences. It's going to be yours. It's not going to be the pastor's consequences. It's going to be yours. And you alone, you have to deal with those consequences. In paragraph 47, in the same message, he says, Now, it is a serious thing when you go to choose a wife or a husband. For the vows here is until death we part. Now let's dwell on this one for a little while. Now it's your own choice and then you have to stick with it. And after you made a choice, after you made a decision that I'm going to marry so and so, and so and so, she has the right to make a decision that I'm going to be married to so and so. I don't think the pastor forces any other individual to get married to a particular person. It's our own decisions and it's our own choices. And one way or the other, there will be consequences or the result of your choice. And you are the only one that is going to suffer or enjoy the consequences of your own choice. After we came, enjoy ourselves, eat whatever that we eat, it's only you and your habit that will only be true. And the consequences of your decisions will be felt by you and you alone. We will not be there. You can come and tell mommy about how your hubby is or how your wife is. She will just sympathize with you. But she won't be able to feel the feeling that you are feeling because it was your own personal and individual decision that you took. Sometimes as young people, sometimes as um, uh, adult people, we have to be serious when taking particular decisions, understanding that there has to be the result of our own choices. Amen? So especially when coming to choose a partner. Messenger of the hour says, that's how we should keep it. And you take that vow before God that only death will separate you. And I think we should. A man in his right mind that is planning a future that he should choose that wife very careful. Not only the man, only the woman. If you choose that man, you have to be very sober-minded. You have to be in prayer. You have to consider a lot of things. It's not only five years. Let me quickly jump to something here. Right. If you make a decision, it's not going to be five years. But it's going to be for life. So you need to be very careful what you are doing. It reminds me of a brother in the Bible called Samson. Brother Samson, he was here. His parents were believers. 
He grew up and then he learned, he went to church and they were telling him his own parents that we are not supposed to marry not somebody that is not an Israelite. They taught him right. He was going to church. He was a brother. He was listening to his own parents. And they told him very, very well. However, like the young people of nowadays, Brother Samson, you know, thought, ah, my parents, they are still old-timers. That's how Brother Samson was. He thought that he knew much more better because he saw a young, beautiful Philistine young lady. And he decided that I'm going to make my own decision. Nowadays, it's not like in those days that you have to choose for me. I'll have to make my own choice. That was Brother Samson. And the Bible says he made that choice. He made that decision. But he forgot one thing, that there has to be the consequences of his own decision. And it's not going to be his own mom or his own dad that is going to feel the consequences, but him and him alone. So that's what I want you to understand, that whatever decision that you take, it will only be you and you alone. We can only sympathize that you made a wrong decision, but you have to live with that particular decision. And the messenger of the hour says, this young man was born for a particular purpose. And his purpose was to to come and destroy the enemy, the Philistines that were, were torturing and making the Israelites to suffer. But because he took a wrong decision, while he was there with his own friends, I think I can imagine Brother Samson, while he was trying to share with his own friends that imagine my own mom and my own dad, they are not allowing me to take this Delilah. And I can imagine what they were saying to him. Brother Samson, such a gentleman with a good education. Maybe even your mom is not so educated and your dad. So they can't advise you. They don't understand that we are living in this. We are living in in, in nowadays. We still have to ask your parents to, to make a decision. And Brother Samson decided that I'm going to marry this young, beautiful uh, Philistine. I'm going to go with her anyhow. Yeah. And the Bible says he did that, and then it was his own decision. But guess what? Now, after all these things we know, the only thing that I want you to realize is that now, when Samson, when he was captured, it was because of his own decision. And when Samson was blind, when the enemy caught him and then they removed his own eyes and they made him to play before the Philistine gods, it was because of his own decision. He had a choice to make. It was very nice. It was very, he was very arrogant when his parents were telling him that you are not supposed to do that, but he decided anyhow. 
Can you imagine maybe his own pastor also came, they brought him before him, and he said, anyhow, pastor, I will go and marry this young Philistine woman. Whether you like it or not, I will do it anyhow. That is the world that we live in. We've got to choose. And we've got all the choices in the world that we can make. But the only thing that we must think of is that there will be consequences of our decisions. Now you can imagine now the servant of the almighty God, he was dead. And remember when they took his own eyes, it wasn't that he was in a particular, maybe what do you call this when you go to operation, then for a while then you can't feel it. Whatever that you were doing, he was there, they took his eyes while he can feel. That's what the enemy will do. And at that time, I think he was thinking of his own mom, but it was too late. Telling him that we're going to take them, those eyes, while you, are, you will feel the pain. He was now thinking. Because every decision that you take, when you get into those results, then you will have to re- recall everything that your parents they told you about. Everything that the church they told you about. Everything that you know that, and from that time, that is where all these things went wrong. Amen. Now, Brother Brennan taught that message. He preached that message from that time. That each and every one of us knows why the reason where we are, where we are currently, is because of a particular time. And we can all go back and think, and as from that time that I made that decision, and it took me to where I am this morning. And again, the kind of a woman that a man will choose will reflect his ambition and his character. Huh? The choice that you make, it will reflect your ambition and it will reflect your own character. You can be with us, born in the message, grow in the message, come to church all the time. The day you say, hey, daddy, I'm going to get married. And then the day you tell the pastor that I'm going to get married, then we can see the character and your ambitions. The messenger of the hour, he says now, everything that happens, it starts with your own thoughts. And then it's in your mind, and then the only thing that we can see that what you were thinking all the time is when you start now choosing. Now it becomes a manifestation of your own thoughts. We cannot see what you are thinking, but when you start acting, we see the manifestation of your thoughts. Amen. Amen. So we can see now what kind of a future are you looking for. That's what, when you start saying, now I'm going to get married, then it reflects your character. No, Brother Brenham says, it's like when you want to know a man or a woman, you go and look at his own friends, the people that he spent time with him, 
then you'll be able to see that, all right, now I know brother so-and-so. Now I know sister so-and-so. Hello? That's the prophet of, of, of God. He says that. That's your prophet. He says now, if you want to know a person, go and see the people that he lives with. He spent too much time with. Then we know, oh, okay. He can hide so much, but we know now what kind of a person is there. That is why, young people, when you are getting married, you go and do your homework. You pray and you do what? Homework. You go and search. That is why you have to go and share with the pastor because he knows and then he will be able to We He knows the friends that you stay with. Otherwise you might be surprised. Then it reflects your character. And what he ties himself to shows truly what is in him. A woman reflects what is in the man when he chooses her for a wife. It shows what is down in him, no matter what he says outside. Watch what he marries. Whatever your confession says, you are telling us, we watch. We are waiting, brothers. We are waiting. Say whatever you want to say. We are watching and we are waiting. That day we will know that, oh, we know now. Now we know, brother, so and so. Now, in paragraph 37, he says, Now you have also a choice. When you choose this church, you can choose whether you're in this church or you choose any other church. Whether you will choose a church that will guide you to your eternal destination. It's a choice. It's a lot of pastors. There is a lot of churches. You go uh, just around. There is a church. There is a church there. You've got a choice. You choose Brother Masuma to be sprayed by a doom. It's your own choice. It's, It's your own personal choice. So we, you can't go and blame any other person and say, this person has done one, two, three, but you chose that. Hmm? These people that they say they eat grass, I don't sympathize with them. It's their own personal choice. They went there, they chose that particular church. So they must, when they eat, you say, enjoy it, brother. Because it's your own choice and it's the result of your own decision. So Brother Brenham says, whether the decision is good or bad, but you have to get the results of what you are doing. So sometimes we take decisions so lightly, but every decision that you take, you have to think about it. In the message... By faith, Moses. Now I want you to listen very carefully. Paragraph 77. And it may be this morning that there will be men and women sitting here 
that will make your final choice. You are today what you are because several years ago you chose to be what you are now. You are what you are. You can't blame any other person here. You are what you are because several years back there you made a choice to be where you are. I made a choice to be with my wife. That's a choice that I made. Any other thing that happens into your own life is your own choice. Come on, brothers, don't blame us here. It's your own choice. Whether you made it sober or not sober, but it's your own choice that you made it. Your parents force you to go to school. Your parents advise you to do one, two, three. The church advises you to do one, two, three, and you don't do it. Later, then there are consequences, and then you say, wow. But where you are currently, you still have a chance to change. But it's your own choice that you made. And what you choose now will determine what you will be five years from now. Now, Five years from now, the decision that you will make now, your own future, any other thing that you make a choice of. You know these people that they make certain things and they say, oh wait, I made a mistake. It's just because people don't think the consequences of what they are doing. It's a choice. And these choices that people make, I don't believe that they just come abruptly. People plan those decisions. They plan really that I'm going to do one, two, three. They take time planning those things. Now, maybe we must realize now and just say where, where I am currently is not where I want to be. But because I made a wrong choice several years back, maybe I still have time to rectify it. There is a choice that you make. It might still not. It might still be good after when we go out of the church. It might still be a good choice after five days from now. But the question that you need to ask yourself is that that decision that you are taking it now will it still be good after five months? And that choice that you are making it right now will it still be good for you after five years. And it is in your hands, it's your own choice, it's your own life. Five years from now, there will be a decision that you are taking it now, and then you will still be there because of that decision. Five years from today, you may be a missionary. That's what the prophet says. Five years from today, you may be a renowned Christian. Five years from now, you may be a good husband. Five years from now, you may be a good wife. Five years from now, you may be a drunkard. 
five years from now, you might be a divorcee. And five years from now, any other thing, but it's your own personal choice. Five years from today, where will you be? It's your own decision. Paragraph 78. Five years from you may be, you may be in hell. We are not certain, all of us here, five years from today, we will still be alive. But the only thing is that five years from now, you might be in heaven. But the other part is that five years from now, you might be right there in hell. And it's still your own decision. Nobody forces you to go to hell. Nobody forces you to go to heaven. Brother Brenham in the message, what shall I do with this Jesus called the Christ? He says actually, people fight their own way to go to hell. They are fighting. They are swearing. They are doing all these things. And then we are trying to tell them. But they are fighting their own way to hell. It's not easy to go to hell. It's not easy. It is not easy. You fight your own way. You fight against your own conscience. Your conscience will tell you. But five years from now here, we cannot avoid. You cannot be neutral. Five years from now, there is a decision that you made in your own heart. It will take you somewhere. But five years from today, nobody to blame. Because you made the wrong decision, five years from today, you may be cleaning spitons in a bar room. Five years from today, you may be a prostitute on the street. Come on, young people. Five years from today, you may be there in the bar being a cleaner. It's your own decision. I want you to hear me here. Hear me very clear. If you are there, it's your own choice. Five years from now or ten years from now, when you are there, it's your own choice. Don't come and blame us here. It's your own decision. You have to make your own decision right now. Paragraph 79, he says, says, or you may be a man or a woman, that is, that is a credit to any society. Five years from now, you may be what you call an asset to the community. You may be an asset into where you are working. You may be very beneficiary for your own family five years from now. In five years from now, you might be a burden to your own wife. Five years from now. And five years from now, you might be on the street and be a drunkard. 
Now let me tell you maybe something here. Now when you read Matthew chapter 27, the Bible says there was a man called Barabbas. He was a public murderer. He was known by everybody that he killed. He was murdering people. Every single person he knew that Barapa was a murderer. And here was a man called Christ. A just man. And the Bible says because people had to make a decision, they brought him there. And then because it was a particular day that they had to make some choices. They had to make a decision. And this king called Pilate, he brought him before the people and he says, right, between this Jesus called the Christ and this man called Barabba, who do you choose? Who do you want me to release to you? You know what the people said? You know what they said? They haven't even seen Jesus doing any other thing wrong. This man that was on their newspapers, that he was a public murderer, yet people said, we choose Barapa to be released. And they thought they were neutral. Brother Brennan says they were not neutral. And even Pilate, he was not neutral because he says before he could make a decision, and then his wife sent the messenger to him and said, tell my husband that I suffered a lot in a dream for this man called Jesus. He's a just man. Don't do anything with him. Yet, he couldn't make a decision. And the Bible says, he washed his hands. He says, do whatever that you want to do with him. And Brother Brenham says, right there, he was never, ever neutral. He took a decision because he had the power to release Christ. You cannot be neutral. You will never run away from anything. You have to make a decision about this gospel. And the only thing is that when you try to reject the truth, you'll, be, you'll take something that everybody will see. Wow, how can you do that? You see, because they didn't want Christ, they couldn't be neutral. They had to take a public murderer. They can't just be neutral. And the Bible says, now they said, oh, we want Barabba. That's the decision that they took. They took that decision. Avoiding to take the truth. Prophet says, now if you don't want the truth, you'll get something that even people will wonder. They will wonder that is it him. Paragraph 79. You may be a man or a woman that is a credit to any society. That is an asset to the society because of your choice for Christ. Your parents can be proud of you. But yeah, we had a son or a daughter that we are proud of him. Five years from today, you may be in glory, gone in the rapture because you made your choice today. 
back to paragraph 46 in the same message. Now, we would think of Moses. And this great time of his life, we read back of his birth. How that God had cared for him. But there come a time in Moses' life where there had to be a choosing time. He was a good young man. He was a young child that was born for a particular purpose. And God cared and protected him. And he grew up. But there was a time where Moses had to make a choice. So that's why I say there is no an exception. We all have to make choices. Now let me go back to these young people. <clears throat> you know, there was a young girl, Brother Bram speaks about her, her name was Mary. And this Mary, Brother Brenham says she went to a college or a tertiary, and then she went there, and she was a good girl at home. And now she got mixed with her own friends. And when she, one day, she was supposed to come home. And when she was come home with a train, this young Mary was with her friends, and then she saw. Because her own mom, she knew that she was coming that particular day. And Mary's mom, Brother Brenham says, she was waiting at the station, waiting for Mary to come. And when they look through the window, Mary has and her own friends, they saw Mary's mom. But they didn't know the other children, they didn't know the other, the other sisters that were with her. They didn't know that it was Mary's mother. And the brother friend says when they looked through the window, they saw her and they started making fun of her. They were laughing and see how that Woman, she looks so ugly. And Mary joined the chorus. Guess what? She was laughing at her own mom. And she was commenting that, oh, she looks so ugly. I wonder whose mom is that. And the brother Brenham says, when the train stopped, and when Mary got off of the train, and then her mom ran to go and hug her own beautiful girl. And guess what Mary did? She acted as if she doesn't know her own mom. She says, I don't know you. That is the decision that Mary took. But there happened to be a conductor, the prophet says, that knew Mary and, and, and her mom. And she says, no, she, she caused a sin. She said, everybody stop. Let me tell you the story. She says, this young girl, this woman that you see, is her own mom. He says, let me tell you the story. What happened is that while Mary was still young, she was still, she was still a child. It happened that she was in a room. And that particular room, while Mary's mom was outside, it caught a fire. And it was burning. 
And then while it was burning, and then Mary's mom was outside, and the people came and they tried to help. And then the only thing that was in Mary's mom, it was my own child. And she was screaming at the top of her own voice that there is my child in the room. And the people tried to stop her. And then he says, because she was doing a washing, she took a wet apron. And she covered her own face and she ran through the fire to go and get Mary. Because otherwise Mary could have been dead or she could have been burned. And then when she got into the room, she got Mary in. And then because she realized that now the wet apron covered my own face that I couldn't bend. Now the only thing to save Mary is to take the same apron and cover my little beautiful child. So that she doesn't bend and go out of this room. And then when she tried to go out of the room and then her face was bent by the fire. But Mary was protected by her own mom. And he says this man, that is the reason you see her face, he was bent because he was pro- she was protecting the little child. Yeah. The beauty that you see, she was protected, that this old woman will bend because of her. Yeah. But today, Mary doesn't realize that. She doesn't even have a thank you to her own mom. She was supposed to be the one that is proud and say, because of her, that is the reason you can see me. And Brother Brenham says, that is why. And Christ, the creator of heaven and earth, he left the heaven and he came down to die for you and me. That is why we make fun of him. When we've got friends, we are even ashamed of him. We are the same as Mary. You can confess that he died because of me. Because I was a sinner, he died on the cross. He didn't deserve that death. But it was a decision that we need to make. It's a choice that is your own choice. Young Mary was there, but she made a choice. Now this young man called Moses, now he was faced with that decision that he had to make. And he saw his own people, and he didn't know anything. But something in Moses told him, there is something wrong with what Pharaoh is doing to these people. He was unlike a young Mary that he didn't rebuke her own friends, but he was there. Remember, Brother Brenham says, this man called Moses, he was supposed to be the king. He was the one that was going to be a king over Egypt. As long as he confesses to be the daughter of Pharaoh, I mean Pharaoh's daughter, son. He was enjoying himself. He was treated like a king. He grew there as a king. He was getting any other thing. He had the opportunity. When he looked, he saw himself. He started dreaming that I will be the king over Israel, over Egypt. 
And Egypt was a great nation. Everybody admired and wanted to be an Egyptian. It was a mighty nation. And Moses, here was an opportunity in front of him. And the Bible says he chose the afflictions of the people of God instead of the pleasures of the season of this world. I wonder... That was Moses. But there came a time in Moses' life where there had to be a choosing time. If we read right, we find out that he was the son of Pharaoh's daughter and was the heir to the throne and would have been the next Pharaoh in Egypt. So he would, not, he would notice as he looked around. After he had become of age, and of accountability. And let me tell you, Moses was smart. Moses was educated, he was brilliant, he was intelligent. Moses was much more better than all the sons of Pharaoh. So that is why he was the chosen that he is going to be a king. So he would notice as he looked around after he had become of age and of accountability. And there would be those slaves working out in the slime pits. And Moses, as he looked through the windows of the palace upon the same slaves that Pharaoh looked on, but what a difference there was in the looking. There was a difference in the looking. The message the Hebrews, Brother Brenham says, they used the same window to look at the children of Israel. Pharaoh looked at them through the window and he saw the bunch of slaves. People that deserve to be killed. People that deserve to be afflicted. People that they don't deserve any other thing good. But here come Moses. In the same window, when he looked at the children of Israel, something in his own heart. So it depends how we look at, at, at things. Now the Bible says, in the book of Genesis, there was a particular man called Abraham. Just want to go right back there for a while. The Bible says, he went out of a particular country that he was called by God. And the Bible says while he was on his way, because God called him and him alone. God called Abraham and Abraham alone. Abraham with his own wife. Because a man and his own wife are one. So, but Abraham made a mistake, then he took Lot and his father and every person with him. And Brother Abraham says, God was not pleased with that. And that is why the old man Terah, the father of Abraham, he died along the way. And then all along while they were there, along the way, because God called Abraham alone, and God called the shepherds, the servants of Abraham and Lord, to have a fight. And while there was a conflict, and there came a time that a decision has to be made. 
So there was no other way that you have to be neutral here. And Abraham told the Lord that, hey, brother, now we have to separate. And we have to make a decision here. If you go to the right, I will go to the left. If you choose to go to the east, then I will go to the west. And watch what the man of God says. He says, Abraham being the son of the almighty God, he gave Lord the first choice. He didn't say because I'm the eldest and I'm the one that came with this decision, then I will choose to go somewhere. He said, my brother, I gave you, I give you the opportunity to be the one that you choose. Make the choice first. So that's how the children of God needs to do. That's how the sons and the daughters of the almighty God needs to do. We have to make and give other people the first choice. Not always about me. Yeah? And Brother Brenham says about us. He says I, I is a disease because we always want to be there. But sometimes you need to take a back seat and give other people that they must go in front. Hello? Saints, let us not always be there in front. Hmm? The Bible says even uh, sometimes it's so it's, it's, it, it, it is something that is if, if you go into a, a whatever a service or whatever the case might be and you're waiting and then you go you sit in front of Masum and the people come and say, hey, Masum, you are not supposed to be here, my brother. They take you in front of everybody. They take you at the back. It's a shame for you. But if you were there and they say, hey, brother Grace, come in front. I, now you feel like a great man. You have been honored in front of the people rather than to be taken and being put at the back. So he says now, Brother Brenham says now, Abraham, with the spirit of the almighty God, he gave Lord, his own cousin, the first choice. That's truth, my brother. And now watch this looking. Now, Brother Brenham says now, Lord, because he had a wrong, um, uh, when he looked at Sodom and Gomorrah, when he looked at it, then he saw the beauty, the worldly beauty of Sodom and Gomorrah. And he started thinking of being a mayor in that city. And that is why he made a choice without considering God first. And that decision of Lord had bad consequences. And he was the one that had to suffer the consequences of his own decision. Any decision that you make, you will suffer or enjoy the consequences of it. Lord took that decision then and he made his own choice to go to Sodom. That's what he did. And then with his own eyes, without praying, praying first, Lord, when he looked at Sodom and Gomorrah, it was a good city. It was a beautiful city. So Brother Brenham says, now you need to be careful before you make a decision. Don't just look, look at the beauty of the world. Consider this thing. Come back here. Admit in your heart that, yeah, no, it looks great, but let's go back and see here. Where is the guidance? That will never mislead you. 
Brother Bram says, God take care of his own word. And if you take God at his word, and then God automatically will take care of you. Because he's taking care of his own way. God will never be mocked or never be embarrassed by people. He will never be ashamed. He will never make you be ashamed also. He will make sure. If he's got a promise, you hold on God's promise, God will make sure that this promise comes to fulfillment. And if you are part of it, and then God will make sure that you become part, amen, of the fulfillment. Now, Lord, he took that decision. And we know what happened there. And I think, God, I think, Lord, when he was there now, all these things that were happening in Sodom. And the Bible says, on a daily basis, because of his own decision, the soul of, of him was vexed on a daily basis. In other words, things that were happening in Sodom and Gomorrah, they were, they were troubling his own soul. And he was backsliding on a daily basis because of his own decision. Amen. So that's why now he ended up coming out of death while it was now burning this Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, he says, now Abraham took that decision also and then Lord made that decision. Now this man called um, Moses, he made a decision that I'm going to suffer the afflictions. Now the decision that Moses took, he didn't worry about next month. He knew that next month I will be in trouble. He knew that it's going to be a battle for me. And people, they are going to blame me. I might be in jail. I might be killed. The decision that I'm taking here. But he looked, he asked himself that. If I become a king of Egypt, temporarily I will benefit. Maybe for five years it will be beneficial for me and my wife and the children and everybody. I will be fame, I will be known all over the world. But he asked himself a question. Will it be, still be the same after ten years? Will this thing of me choosing to be the king of Egypt, will it still be the same after 30 years? Will I still be the happiest man? Me as Moses, if I die being a a king of Egypt, will I still be happy with my own decision? That was the question that he was asking himself. That is why he had to make a decision that was not popular. Because he was looking at, after this decision that I take, will it still be good? Will it still be beneficial? There are certain decisions that we can take. They are good while we are still alive. Ask yourself that if it happens that they say, hey, brother so-and-so, sister so-and-so is no more. Will that decision that you took, will you still be happy with it in heaven? Will you still be there or heaven or hell? I don't know. But wherever you are, when you say, now I'm going, will you still be happy with that decision? And there is one thing that we need to make ourselves aware of it. We don't have, we've got a choice of every other thing here. 
got a choice that I want to buy a BMW, it's fine, or a Volkswagen or a Toyota. If you don't like it anymore, you go and change it. It's your own choice, that's fine. But there is one thing. There is one thing that you don't have a choice over it. That one day, you're going to die. That you don't have a choice. That one day, you're going to stand before the almighty God. That you don't have a choice. That you don't have a choice. You can play church. You can do whatever you want to do. You have got freedom. The country allows you to do that. But one day, you don't have a choice. We will be there. The specialist will be there surrounding your bed in the best hospital. But your time will be finished on this earth. There is no other way. There is no other choice. You will be going. There will not be mom there. There will be not be a daddy there. There will not be a pastor there. They will sympathize with you, yes. But you will be going. We will be singing there. The question will be, will you still be proud of your decision? Will you still walk the way you walk when we speak to you? Will you still answer the way you answer when we try to advise you? Will you still do that? Because of friends and pride. No, pride, Brother Brevin, the message price is, is cast. Associating yourself with pride, if pride is cast, if you are, you've got pride in you, automatically you are the same with it. Five years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 30 years from now, will you still be proud of your decision? Have your own choices. But one day, there is no other choice. And we don't choose. Ah, nobody chooses. To go to in the grave, brother Philip, nobody. If it was possible, people will run away. But you don't have a choice. Whether you are an American, you fly to Italy, you're going to die there in Italy. That you don't have a choice. So whatever decisions that we are making, let us just, let us just be sober here. Brother Brenham says here, Lord made that sad mistake in the message by faith, paragraph 74 and 75 and 70, or 73 to 75. Lord made that sad mistake that we make. A lot of times we choose for our own good. We choose things that will be better. Sometimes, if there is a little squabble comes in the church and someone will say, well, the deacon or the pastor is on this side, don't look at that. Look at what is righteous. Get that thing out and bring them both together. That is godly, my brother. That is godly, my sister. 
don't take any side. There will be fuss in church. You don't have angels in church. You've got people, human beings. They will make mistakes. Whether you're a deacon, you make a mistake. Whether you're a pastor, you're a human being, you make a mistake. Whether you're a sister, whether you're a brother, you make a mistake. But when you are a child of God, when that brother makes a mistake, you don't say, hey, I'm even leaving the church. No, brother. When there is a squabble amongst the sisters, you don't take a side. When there is a squabble amongst the brothers, you don't take side. You bring them together as a son of God. There is a choosing. And we choose for ourselves. We choose something that is for our own good. Amen. That's what the messenger of the hour says. Well, sometimes, I want to go back to this looking. Sometimes we need to look very careful when we look at certain things. Look at certain things that they perish. They don't have eternal life because as children of God, we walk by sight. We walk by faith, not by sight. And we choose by faith, not by sight. Looking at certain things can mislead even everyone. The message leading of the Holy Spirit preached in 1955, August the 7th. I want to read from paragraph 7. Why? When Samuel went up to choose one of one out of Jess boys, David's father, they brought out oldest son. They knew he was going to take Saul's place. Great, big, fine-looking, curly-headed, seven foot tall. Why? Jess said he will look wonderful in his kingly robes and with his big crown setting on his head. Know that God, after he rejected Saul, he went to his own prophet, Samuel, and he told him that he, was, he must go to the family of this man called Jez, that one of his sons will be a king. And the prophet Samuel spoke to this man that, I want you to come to the feast that you are invited and you must bring all your sons because one of your sons will be a king. Now I just want to call your attention upon this thing that when just look at his own children he chose his, out of his own children he chose the ones that he saw them fit to be a king. Yes. He brought them before Samuel. He invited them into the feast to come and feast with Samuel. And the Bible says in actual fact, 1 Samuel chapter 16 from verse 7. Let's read it if you don't mind. I'm going to close here. 1 Samuel chapter 16. I just want to show you something. But sometimes looking 
by your own eyes is deceiving. Not sometimes, always. The Bible says in Genesis, Sister Eve was also deceived. Instead of having applying her own spiritual eyes, she looked at a particular tree and it looked very pleasant. The Bible says, First Samuel chapter 16, and I want to read from verse 6. And it came to pass uh, when, when, they were, when they were come that he looked on Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. Remember it was Samuel the prophet. When he saw the first son that was brought before him and he said, Surely... This is the anointed of God. Look at his own stature. He looked like he being a king here. And he said, surely, the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said unto Samuel in verse 7, Look not on his countenance, or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth, not as a man seeth. For man looked on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. So that is why we need to go to the Lord when we make our own choices. We don't have the ability to look and see inside the heart of a human being. But the Lord that we serve, He can be able to see inside. We look at the appearance of a man, but the Lord doesn't look the outside appearance, but He looks inside. Then just in verse 80, the Bible says, called Aminadab, and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, Neither had the Lord chosen this. And the Bible says in verse 10, And again just made the seven of his sons to pass before the prophet Samuel. And Samuel said unto Jez, The Lord had not chosen this. All of them, they passed through them. So when they brought the firstborn before Samuel, Samuel, when he looked with his own eyes, he saw the sons that were deserving to be kings. And just because he knew his own children also, when Samuel told him that the Lord has chosen amongst your own sons, with his own choosing as a human being, he brought the sons that he thought they deserved to be a king. So it doesn't depend on our looking and our own choosing. It depends on the Lord's. No, Brother Brenham says, I didn't know this. I don't think any, any denominations, they preach these things. Brother Brenham says in the book of Acts, you know when the disciples after this man called Judas, 
after he committed suicide, and then the disciples were now 11, they wanted to choose the 12. And the Bible says, now they chose a man called Matthias. And the brother Brenham came, he says. Now that was the choosing of them as the disciples. And they made a mistake because they were human beings. He says, God came down, he chose a man for himself. And the man that, according to them, he was not deserving. He was a murderer and a killer by the name of Saul. And he named him Paul. That is God's choosing. It's different from man's choosing. So when you make a choice, consult him. Then the consequences of your choosing, you can even go back to him and say, Lord, you are the one that made the choice. Brother, if you make your own choice, Even at work, you don't just go and work. You must consult the Lord. Anything that you make in your own life, otherwise you're going to suffer. You will suffer while you are still here because of your choices. And this man called just then, and until the prophet says, are all your sons. And then look, the Bible says, now this man called, he says, no, there is another one. He's there, he's a shepherd, his name is David. He he never even thought that man can be a king according to him. And the prophet Samuel says, bring him here. The Bible says when he came, this man, he didn't look so good. He didn't, but he says when he came and then the Lord said to Samuel, here he is. That is the choice of God, not the choice of man. Now, that's how God looks, and that's how we look. We don't see similar. So we've got great God that we need to consult. Now, in closing, in the message, the rejected king, preached in 1960, June the 10th. I read paragraph 31 in closing. Now, they chose him, and he was a great man, fine fellow, just exactly what they wanted. That was the guy. That's what they've done when they chose the man called Saul to be a chief captain over them. I want to, before anointed him king, they made him chief captain just to give him a tryout. He was a failure to start with or to begin with. It wasn't in God's program. But however, when they chose him, finally was going to make him king. And Samuel told them, he said, now go on. First, if you choose to have a king and reject God, you know what's going to take place. Here, he says. Little bit background here. You know that God was a king over Israel. He took, uh, he took them out of Egypt. He led them over the way. 
He fought for them. If there was a fight, the Lord was in front. And he was fighting for them. He gave them food. He gave them, he gave them manna. He gave them anything. But yet the prophet says, they wanted a king. And you know a reason why they wanted to have a king over them. In the message they rejected him, Brother Prem explains, he says, they said to Samuel, because Samuel tried to show them, he says, if you chose a king, you know what is going to happen to your daughters. What is going to do with your own sons? What is going to do with your own fields? They said, anyhow, we want to have a king over us. We don't care what you are saying. We want to have a king. And the prophet says, the, the Bible says, then God said, Samuel, don't worry about these people. They didn't reject you, but they rejected me as their God. Because they were not satisfied with how God led them. And the simple reason that they wanted to have a king over them, they said to Samuel, we want to be like the rest of the nation. They were not, they were, they, Brother Brenham says no, they were the called out people. They were separated from the rest of the people. They were the called out, they were the bride, they were the separated people. That is the reason that they were called out of Egypt. But they yet, they were not satisfied. They couldn't even understand why. They said, no, we want to be like the rest of the other nations. Amen? Amen. That's why they rejected God. They rejected him. They said, we want a king. And God said, let us give them a king. Give them this man called Saul. Because they reject me, they're going to get what? They will get the Saul. And he tried to tell them, he says, hey, watch now what he's going to do with them. They said, no, anyhow, he can take our daughters and make them, he said, he can take our sons and make servants, but anyhow, we want a king. For God wants him. But uh, there were consequences that they were coming. And they were, not so, they were not so good when the consequences come. Because of the king, they start now crying again. Amen. So now we mustn't reject God because we want to look like the world. There is a reason why God called us out of the world. So we can't be admiring the world. The world needs to admire us. The denomination needs to admire us. We can't be admiring people in denominations. They need to admire us. There are good people there. But you know the reason why we admire those people is that we don't put God first. And that's why we are battling with whatever we are doing. We don't put him first, then we end up being frustrated. And the people, when they look at us, they don't see examples. But we must have great God in us. No, Brother Bram says, he says now there is no holy mountain. There is a holy God on the mountain. There is no holy man. There is a holy God in a man. There is no man that we can say is a great man. There is a great God that dwells in a man. And he makes that man a great man. 
let us stand on our feet. God bless you. Let us sing a song, brother Masuma. Just worship him while we still have the opportunity to make decisions. To serve the almighty God with all our hearts. While we make decisions that I will dwell in the house of the Lord. Psalm 23 says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. But it also says, I'll spend the rest of my life in the house of the Lord. Amen. So while we make those decisions, let us worship the Lord, Brother Masum. Yes, Lord.
Amen. Let's just amen. Just sing another one, brother Masumo, while we going to pray. I know the master yes, of the weak.
If there is anyone that wants to be remembered in prayer, you can just raise your hand and say, remember me, Lord. It's a decision that I made this morning that will be an eternal decision. But one day I can say, from that time, my life has never been the same. I remember what the prophet says, that we must take Christ as our partner. Young people, we take him as our partner. Future studies, going to work, take him as a partner. We take him as our partner in our homes, is our partner. Christ is always the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the prophet says, how will it help to have or speak about the historical God that is not the same, that will not help us with anything. But this morning we know that it's the same yesterday. Today and forever. Amen. May God help us and be gracious to us. Let us take him as our partner. Yes, Lord. In our daily walks. In anything that we do, let us take him as our partners. Even in our businesses. Like Brother Brennan make a prayer and says, he reminds him of Mr. Colgate and Mr. John. That they once took Christ as their partnership. And from that time, things were never the same. In our marriages, let us take him as our partner. Let us make that decision this morning. And things will never be the same. Let us raise our hands to him. When we call upon our dear brother, brother Chetty, step forth, my brother, in this. Say a prayer to us. May God richly bless the church. May he descend may reward every heart according to their needs. Yes, Lord. That's my prayer this afternoon. Hallelujah.
every eye closed. May we think deep on those thoughts, amen. That's just once more the Holy Ghost calling. Sometimes it's making the last call, church. There were so many times when a church service is closed and the Holy Ghost came and showed mercy. And many didn't respond. They went out there, amen, and there was an accident, amen. Or there was some disease or something that took them, took their lives away through the weeks, amen. And they didn't make a decision, amen. We are personal witnesses, amen, walking in the faith for so many years. These messages, amen, are just not messages, amen. We could hear the, the, amen, the Holy Ghost crying out, amen, in desperation, amen. People fight their way to hell, amen. It's not easy to sin, amen. You have to break every law, amen. Turn down every voice, amen. Turn down every message, amen. Turn down every conviction, amen. May the deacons make sure, amen, that every head is bowed. Amen. There's decisions that want to be made this morning, amen. Make sure every eyes is closed, amen. It's a personal affair this night, amen. Maybe some sister, amen, maybe gone wayward, amen. Reading things, reading magazines, looking at things in the television that maybe she's not supposed to be looking at, amen. The Holy Ghost bringing a conviction this morning, saying time is at hand, the rapture is at hand, amen. You don't become a candidate of the rapture, amen. You were always there before the foundation of the world, amen. But the lie of the serpent, amen, in the garden of the Eden, amen. He came and he said, partake of this fruit. It'll do you good, amen. They made the decision, amen. All of a sudden, amen, the consequences came in. The emotions, the lack of faith, amen. The desire to please God, amen. The dressing, amen. The attitude, amen. The anger, amen. They put God aside, amen, and took on religion. God has spoken this morning, church. It's so merciful, amen, that God could come and speak to us. That we're not in some denomination, church, amen, filled with a whole lot of emotions, amen. Going out, amen, just with, just with, amen, big promises of big money and big this and big that, amen. And we find how unsuccessful, amen, they are in their daily lives with children and wives and Husbands, amen. We have the truth, amen. We have the word bubbling, amen. We have influences, amen. We have examples, amen. We know that this word is alive this morning, amen. We cannot find it in a Baptist church. We cannot find it in a Catholic church, amen. The only way we can find it, amen, is in the message of the hour, amen. God is speaking to us and calling us out, amen. If there's one more, they want to just slip up the hand and say, Lord, I'm in need this morning, amen. I may have slipped away, amen. The Holy Ghost through the Word is convicting me. I don't want to in five years' time find myself, amen, in the brothel, amen. 
Or maybe even not in a brothel, amen. Walking down the street, amen. With a thin, sexy dress, amen. Flirting with men, amen. Being out there, amen. I don't want to find myself there, amen. I don't want to find myself with friends, amen. Drinking and smoking and cursing, amen. I don't want to find myself there this morning, amen. I don't want to find myself like the rich young ruler, amen, had everything, amen, just thought about his retirement and a good life, amen, but because he rejected the call of the Holy Ghost and the message of the hour, amen, he found his eyes lifted up in hell, amen, crying to Abraham, Abraham, please, just a drop of water on my tongue, amen, churchgoer, religious, full of gifts, just like Judas, amen. Went out, preached the gospel, healed the sick. Had faith to even move mountains, amen. Found himself in hell, amen. Came to the message of the hour. Came to a service that morning. Kissed the lips of eternal life. And turned around and went to hell. Church, we have been reminded this morning. We have been warned this morning. Let's just surrender, amen. The world is nothing for us, amen. It's a lie, amen. It's just a lie, amen. We taste of that forbidden fruit, amen. We see the consequences, amen. We have come out, many of us have backslidden into the world of sin, amen. And partook and know, amen, how dangerous it is. What misery it brings, amen. What disastrous devastation it brings to family, amen. It brings to relationship. It's a lie, amen. We have the truth this morning. We have the wonderful word. We have been reminded, amen. Dear Heavenly Father, dear gracious God, Oh, Lord, I know you're looking down the banister of heaven, Father. I know, Lord, you're zeroing in, Lord, in every heart, Father. I don't know the hearts of your children, Father, but you know the hearts of your children, Father. Lord, there may be some this morning, Lord, that slipped up their hand, Lord. There may be dabbling in sin, Father. They may be caught up, Lord, with the affairs of this world, dear Lord. And that serpent, that sly old fox, Father God, Lord, this seems to be bringing them down every time they want to lift up, Father. Every time they want to take a spoken word, oh God. Every time they just want to come into the service and, Lord, take the fullness of the word, oh God. We find that sly old fox drawing them into the world, Father. Lord, you love your children, Father. You have put something in their hearts this morning, Lord, and brought them to the house of God. You have brought them to the eternal life of the Word of God for the hour, Father. Let not the enemy, Father, take hold of them, Father. This morning, Lord, we pray as the children of God with our faith together, Father. We have seen time and time again, dear Lord, how you have broken the chains, Father. When I remember what the Lord has done, Lord, we would never forget get that day dear Lord Jesus when you came down with the burning fire of the Holy Ghost and burnt every trust of sins Lord we remember Lord Samson this morning that didn't listen to mom and dad didn't listen to his pastor but took the decisions to walk with the Delilah of the world father and you saw the condition father as he walked father into a life of TV into a life of video games into a life of sin and magazines and filthy things of this world 
world. Father, you saw the decision, Father. His eyes was taken out, Father. Oh, but God, it was something inside the souls of them believers like there is a predestinated device, a GPS, Lord, crying out this morning, saying, once more, Lord, once more, hear my call, oh, Lord. I'm in need this morning, Lord. Give me once more, Lord, to avenge the debt, Lord, to avenge my enemies that once ruled me, Father. Break those chains, Father, and give them the strength, Lord, to live victorious life, Father, because we come from God. We are ambassadors, Father God, representatives, Father, of this glorious faith, Father. Help them to stand strong now, dear Lord, in their school, in their workplaces, in their positions at home, Father God, and wherever they are, dear Lord Jesus, give them the strength, dear Lord Jesus. To live the consequences, Father, of a Holy Ghost-filled, fiery child of God, Father. That's ready to testify, Father, whether by their mouth, O God, or whether by their life, dear Lord Jesus, that I have taken the decision to follow Jesus this morning. And from that time, my life has never been the same anymore. Oh, bless them this morning. Father, we commit the fruits of this service, Father. We commit the offerings of this service, Father. We commit it to you because of your glory, because of your honor, Lord, coming this morning, preparing my brother Panyana, dear Lord Jesus, Lord, to come and orchestrate the whole thing, dear God, according to your perfect will and way, because you loved us, dear Lord. You would never leave us to go even another day, dear Lord, without the mercy of God. Ah, we love you and we appreciate you, dear Lord. Bless your servant that's far away, dear God. Undertake for him, strengthen him, Lord. Give him the safe traveling mercies, dear God, dear Lord. Brother Panyana, dear Lord, undertake for him. Bless him, dear God. And even the family for just allowing him, Father, just to slip out, Lord, into the other dimension, into the heavenly atmosphere, dear Lord. And respecting him for that, dear God. And may you bless him, dear God and to take for each and every believer this morning, Father. Each and every one of us, dear Lord. We're crying desperately, Father, that we need you, Father. May you bless us. May you take us, each and every one of us, through the week, dear Lord Jesus, till we meet again, Father. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. 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 Bless you. Blessed week. Until we meet again on Wednesdays on Sunday. God bless you. Amen. Over.